pick the outcome you need, first of all. Find someone who's doing that strategy that leads you to that outcome and give them everything, work for free. Okay. Something I wish I'd have done on my first deal that I did was rather than taking a loan and wanting to keep 100% of it, I wish I would have joint ventured with someone who had experience and I'd have said, I'll, I'll find the deal, I'll run around, I just want to learn from you, I'll take 10%. Guys, welcome back to another podcast from me, Stephen Hamilton, and today I have a special guest, and I'm going to let him introduce himself, and he can explain a little bit about what he does, and then we'll dive into what he's good at and what he's not good at. So take it away, please. Thank you, mate. So I'm Jack Wicks, and a property investor of 10 years, Um, so I've got all the cuts and bruises. Um, but predominantly now we do rent to social housing and social housing in general acquisitions for clients as well as ourselves. Um, but yeah, plenty, plenty I've done wrong before, right? That's for sure. Okay. So brief introduction. Yep. And you did mention that you can go off on a tangent. Yep. So not going to go into, did you sell sweets as a kid and all the entrepreneurial stuff that everybody has to story the equivalents with. to be, to be fair. You've got to tell me now. Now I'm intrigued. Go on. Please oh, I, tell d- me. I did all sorts. I, 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 I burned CDs of Football Manager when I was like 12, sold okay. them. My mum was helping me, getting me the discs and all the rest of it. So you do have the background story? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I used to go to America. I used to get them like Nike, rubber Nike bands. Used okay. to bring them home, sell them at school with a lot, yeah. Oh, so you do have a, a proper entrepreneurial mm, background. It's my mum it's my mum and, and car boots. Okay. She used to be the well, she still is. You name anything you want, however specific, my mum will go to a car boot and she'll find it straight away for a quid. Do you have that in you? I, I do actually, yeah, I'm tight, if that's what you mean. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get the tight from my dad as well, so it's like a perfect combination of those things. Entrepreneurial from my mum, being tight from my dad. Well, it's not a bad thing yeah. to be, is it? There you go. Because you can be very loose with your money. Yep. And end up in a lot of um, yeah. sticky situations, shall Indeed. we say. Okay, so property. Mm-hmm. What is it? Why? What's the, what's the story? Why is it you? What made you jump into that out of everything you could have done with your life? Yeah, it's, it's, um, so I've always been entrepreneurial, not just like those old stories, but I've always just, I've worked in pubs my whole life. My, my older brother worked in pubs. He got me my first jobs when I was 16. Um polishing cutlery clearing all that sort of stuff and it was it was the freedom that I got from that that led me to love it so I was there for quite a long time I did it until I was I want to say maybe 20 um maybe even 21 something like that and I loved it but it was always just this thing of wanting more somewhere I knew I wanted to do business didn't know what um and then me and my brother traveling to work one day and he opened a, a magazine and it had you know a free three-day property course and he was like should we have a go at this so we went along and it well i can't remember who it was at the time tigrant i think they've changed like Never loads of, of times um one of these that you know tip you upside down see what you've got and then you're the perfect candidate for them type of people but i will say i found out that you could refinance a house for the increased amount and pull your money out and that immediately while, while I was sat there I think I must have been 21 or 22 something like that that was like this light just went off and I was like this is it I get it now I get how people can amass a load of properties I get they, they don't just have 20 million sat in the bank and they buy all these houses they refinance the, the the funds and all that sort of stuff and I sort of said to you earlier off camera that I'm quite visual and all of these strategies that people were sort of asking 
questions that you'd think pretty basic in my head it all fit together in my mind like really easily and I was like yep we'll go down that route down that route um so yeah it, it was like almost an immediate acknowledgement of like this is it people I know it's a wealth builder and it makes sense to me and this is going to be it and 10 years later you're still here there you go just about yeah just about um having done every strategy there is pretty much <laughs> okay um started with block of flats yep uh, so as in pet, what do you mean block of flats bought a block of four flats as our first ever house that oh we wow okay yeah. so you, you jumped in at the deep end big time yeah and, and again that's that's kind of like part of my story I'm, I'm like again sort of undiagnosed adhd brain so nothing's too big i'll have a go at everything and anything it makes sense so why can't it be possible yeah um so yeah me and my brother raised finance bought a block of flats in Hastings. My parents were living there at the time, started doing the usual research. Three years into a five-year regeneration project they were in at the time. So we knew prices were probably gonna go up. Um, got an off-market deal. Everything in that course came to fruition. We walked the streets for days, just ringing up boards. She said, you don't want that one, I can introduce you to this guy. Went perfectly well, refinanced every penny back out of it. 20 years old, I'm the bollocks. Told you all, I know exactly what to do. Um, and then we went and bought a block of 10 flats with a shop, grade two listed building. And that's where you fucked up? Yep. Seafront, yeah. sea views. You could see, it was an ego purchase, 100%. Well, like you've a, done it. You thought you was the bollocks. Mm -hmm. And then everything just seems like it's going to be easy after yeah. that. And it all follows on. Of course. And why wouldn't you triple the size of the building you're going to buy and the money that it costs to buy? Three quarters of a million quid for a second house. Yeah. Um, didn't realise the intricacies of grade two listed either. What Looked a nothing pain into that. in the arse they are. Um, didn't get a survey on it. Didn't do any other research other than the agent that brought it to us and said, yeah, I reckon it'll be worth this much after. <laughs> we were like, sweet, let's go for that then. Um, but Had yeah, you already like, spent the money in your head? Or was you, move, or, or, you know, like you knew there was a profit in there from what the agent yeah, told you? Yeah. Was and there it, any of that at that age? Like, oh, I can buy this, I can buy that. Or has it never been no, about that? No, it's no, all no, about no. what I'm going to do after that as well. Never been bothered about that stuff. Okay. Weird, weirdly not bothered about money at all, really, other than freedom and and what I can do. Like, I don't know, I've always, I've always been more about looking after friends and family. And like that gives me more joy than stuff, okay. really. Um, so like, I'm, I'm acutely aware, even more now, it sounds really grim and sorry, mum and dad, but I know they're gonna die soon or in, in the next, you know, 20 years or so. And in my lifetime, my parents are gonna die. So it's more important that, than ever for me to kind of look after them and make sure they're good. Yeah. So um, you're a realist. Yeah, mm, it's a weird term, but yeah. You are a realist, but you dream big. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like at the upper end of that, I think, like I'll give, I'll give stuff a go. I'll take a risk. Okay. Absolutely, every time. Calculated risk. Mm, sometimes. More now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, I'm, when I'm, you were showing, I'm more yeah. aware now than ever of my intricacies and and the downsides, uh, and what I'm good at and bad at. I think that's so important for people who are starting out to understand what you're not good at is more important than understanding what you're good at. I'm good at probably one or two things. And that is generally, weirdly, just like being a people person and being, um, I'm happy to go and meet people. I, you know, my wife's always found it weird that I'll just turn up to a networking event or somewhere on my own. And I'll just- Self-awareness is key. Just, just go and turn up and chat to some people. Um, and the, the best that's happened to us has come from random meetings or just taking a risk and going, I'm gonna drive to Birmingham and come for a meeting, you know, those little things that most people won't do, especially now after COVID, way easier to sit on a laptop and try and find deals on Zoopla and Rightmove, rather than going in and speaking to an agent, which is really scary. Um, 
it's only scary because it's scary how moronic agents can be. Um, <laughs> all of them, by the way. No one, no one's free of that. So <laughs> he's I, an agent. Yeah, I have to get this across <laughs> to you right now. I was with Ted Talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you off camera yeah. I was with Ted Talks last week, and I spent the day with him. And I told him that you was coming on the channel. And the first thing he said to me was, you're going to really like this guy because he just speaks his mind, mm. unlike a lot of people in this in this property world. And if some people, it's like Marmite, isn't it? Some people like you, some people don't like you. But this estate agent thing that you're touching on now, I have serious problems with it because I know people who are estate agents, have been estate agents for about a month, and you would think that they've been in property for 20 years. Yep. They're giving advice. They're telling you what end values are. They have no clue what day of the week it is. They've done no test. They've done nothing. And they're giving you advice. And there's so many people, as in over there is the sourcing division. There's some newbies in that sourcing division. And when they speak to agents, they're like, oh, the agent said this. And I'm like, why are you listening to the agent? Oh, because they're an estate agent. And they put on a pedestal. Yeah. And it really winds me up. Um, I genuinely think you need to have a test to become an estate agent. I think you need some kind of degree or something to be an estate agent. And you said how moronic yep. they can be. Give me some experiences that you've had where you've actually gone, you have no idea what you're talking it's about. A, it's everything. I mean, everyone's walked into a house and you ask a very obvious question, of course. Oh, I don't know, I've never been here. Why are you sending someone around who's never been to the house? And like, I don't even need you there. Really. Yeah. If you've never been there, just open the door. <laughs> let me let me have a look around. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think even down to the fact, why are you wearing a suit? Pointless. What yep. are you trying to portray? Especially the shit ones that you're wearing. You know what <laughs> I mean, you have got sixteen-year-olds draped in their dad's suit. Um, it's just—it's just a weird industry that it seems unchanged over the years. Why do I have to give you a final offer, sealed bid? Why? Just yeah. tell me how much someone's offered. I can tell you whether I can offer more or not. I, I like that mentality. That's really cool because if someone's offered eighty-five thousand pound or a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, tell me. Because then I know whether I can beat it or not, or whether I need to go on to the next one, or whether I'm wasting your time yeah. and making phone calls going backwards and forwards and sealed bids and all that kind of stuff. It's just waste everybody's Property's time. Property's full of delays. Solicitors, that they're pro- they're like just underneath the agent for me in terms of bellendatory, whatever you want to call them. Um, then you've got, well, yeah, you've got the solicitors. You've got, well, three different solicitors that you obviously need in, in a transaction for a property. Um, there's just so many delays that can happen all along that process and agents delay it unnecessarily at the start because they want to try and trick you into offering more than you normally would. And it's just, it's just such a weird, I think it can be so simply dealt with. Um, yeah, it's one of them things that you think I could, I could change that industry pretty quickly just by being, letting the agents not wear a suit and making everybody more comfortable. In yeah. the whole, like that's just the it's basics. A power, it's a power thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's but equally, like, what can you offer? Well, yeah, well, there's a there's a bid that's offered. That all right, I'll go look at something else there. Yeah. I'll Otherwise, why are you taking me for a viewing? I like that. I don't know. Even in letting agency, you're going to get the 16 year olds who don't have a clue what a tenancy agreement is, and then you try and explain to them about what about a commercial lease. They don't have a clue. Like half halfway up the chain, they still don't know. Yeah. Um, especially when you start talking about creative strategies, lease options, and that kind of stuff, it's like, no, we don't do that. Yeah, and and you're baffling <laughs> the brains there because yeah. there's a lot of them, like you said, that don't know. Well, that's that leads me on to something quite nice actually. Do you know Tyron Ash? Have you heard of him? I've heard of him. Yeah, seen a bit of him. Yeah. So he's trying to change the whole industry. How? From what I can see, 
Well, he's still wearing he's still, the suit. He's still wearing the he's still, suit. He's just doing it smoking on the cigars, social media. Obviously. Yep, obviously, because everyone in London who's does, yeah. who does property yeah, yeah. has to smoke a cigar. Um, has to drink the, the, the brandy as well, and the way it goes. But what do you think of what he's doing and... The way he's saying he's trying to get... So it's Savills he's got a big problem mm-hmm. with from what I can see online. Yep. And he's trying to create this door knocking and social media and hiring all these glamorous people. A little bit like Selling Sunset. Yeah. Um, I know Tyron. Um, he came to one of my networking events and we've got mutual friends and I've had a few conversations with him. What's your take on it? I just don't see how it's changing the game in any re- real way. Okay. Um, it's certainly not changing the opinion of the outsider on estate agents, that's yep. for sure. Um, I don't know... The, it's an ego thing for me. It looks very ego-driven. Yep. Very much so. Why else would you go and get, like you say, making it all glam and sticking all... Like, social media, very important. Yep. But why does it have to be this, like, money getting thrown around everywhere um, type scenario? Like, if I want to sell my house, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? I just want to sell my house. Would you prefer a guy worth. that turns up, very casual, straight talking, I can sell your house for you, this is what your house is worth... I'll get 10 people around, I'll find out which one's the highest bid and I'll let you know. I think if someone turned up, like, and this is, and obviously he's dealing with a lot of high-end stuff, so it's probably different in that that, that level. Do you think it fair. should be? Um, yeah, if that's what he wants to do. I mean, it's, it's Not him, sorry. Do you think, um, you know how people are judged on the way they're dressed yeah. and, the way they're, and then they're perceived in a certain way? When it, like you say, it's high-end, mm. high net worth, mm. do you think you need to approach these people in suits and stuff? Or do you think... Not particularly... I don't know. It depends whether it's old money or new money. You know, old, old money probably. Yeah. Yep. You, you need to go in there with the whole respect thing. And it's not that you, you're disrespectful to others, but it's a different level. It's like, um, you know, when I started ten years ago, having an armful of tattoos, it was a bit weird for for people. And I, I actually, I actually put a, it was one of my first ever posts that went sort of really well on LinkedIn, and I said. Do, would you feel uncomfortable if I was in a in a room? Would you come and speak to me, or would you find that uncomfortable? And there was one person who admitted, and he said, "It's that's just the perception and what I've grown up to know." And I said, "Like my reaction to that, even if it's one in a hundred, it's no problem for me to wear a long sleeve. I'm going to make someone uncomfortable. I'll cover it up. Yep. Um, if it means that person speaks to me, and then." we have a good conversation and then I roll my sleeve up and he goes, oh my God, I've been talking to you and you've got tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like immediately you've changed someone's perception. I like but that. I don't know. I think, I think nowadays it's less important, which is why I think an estate agent for the Joe Bloggs normal standard houses, just wear like a, a smart polo and a pair of jeans. And it, that will make the clients feel more comfortable. It'll make everyone feel more comfortable. It'll make them feel more comfortable. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like there's something missing there. But anyway, I won't be the one to fix it. That's for sure. You're not going to try? No. No intentions of anything to do with estate agents, lettings? No. Because you, you said you'd try anything and you're quite open to ideas, aren't you? Yeah, I would be if it fits in with, with, with my lifestyle idea and, and that kind of thing. I think everything for me has to be efficient in terms of my time and whether I enjoy it or not. Strategy? Where are you at right now then? Social housing all day long. Um, so people get a little bit confused with, with social housing. They're, they're always like, yeah, but you still have to manage it through the council. We don't deal with councils. We deal with... Um, contracts so they can be between five and ten years sometimes 20 very rarely but we tend to deal with the five to ten year leases um at the explain moment, social housing in simple terms for people who are watching this podcast who don't understand it at all they have no knowledge of it they've just heard the term yeah so social housing is quite broad um and it is someone who is on benefit someone who maybe is homeless some you know a broad range of it could be alcoholism drug use whatever um and there are 
11,000 different social housing providers in the UK at the minute. Um, some absolute rubbish. They're just like Joe Bloggs who's decided to call it a social housing provider um, probably won't give you the security you need as a, as a landlord. Um, but then it goes all the way up to a 3.4 billion pound contract, um, which is backed by the government um, for asylum seekers. You know, there, there, there are the broad ranges of them. And we kind of deal with that top end one that has the security of tenure. Um, and that's what's important. You know, tenants are so well protected now. It's crazy. Um, they can do what they want. They can not pay you for various reasons. They can smash your house up. I've had it all. Um, and there is, there is so much about property that is unpredictable. So I'd like to try and make as much of it predictable as I can. So if you're buying a house, you've got to actually hope and pray that it doesn't fall through for a myriad of reasons. Um, if you actually end up buying it, well done, but now you've got to deal with a load of dickhead builders who won't turn up and charge you more than they should and then tell you, oh, that's going to be, yeah, you need to get that done. Sorry, mate. All of that crap. And then you've got to deal with actually getting a tenant in for the money you hoped and then you've got to manage them. You've got to deal with another letting agent who's going to say they're going to do it all at 5% and then not. Um, so we try and just manage what we can. So um, so we do rent to rent, to rent a lot now. Um, allows us to get them quicker. Um, a lot less we have to do refurbs. You're usually small because we deal with social, um, what do you call them? Going 100 mile an hour, yeah. Um, the student market. So they're already HMOs. So there's very small changes we need to make. And then we put the lease provider in. And that's it, taken care of, done, 10 years, sorted, income done. Utilities, they don't make a difference to us. The utility price rise, fine, just means more properties on for us because the social housing provider deal with it. They deal with the management, they deal with the maintenance. They'll then have to put the property back in the same condition at the end of the contract. There's so many benefits that just like, once it's signed off, you're just like a breath of fresh air, done. That's the money coming in for the next 10 years. Okay, so you just have to check the bank at the end of every month. That's it. And that's your main strategy today. Yeah, so, we, so we've so we gone through acquiring um, and, and we source them for clients as well. Not so much now because the market's crazy. The returns aren't quite what you'd hope because generally the, the providers will pay slightly less than market value because of the what you're getting from it not always but um but often so we were actually approached and asked to do rent to rent with this model because they need so many people housed out of hotels which are, they're currently staying in um so that's what we did we did i think 40 40 deals in our first 18 months just got a new contract on um housing the homeless um, which is allowing us to do between 10 and 20 rent-to-rent deals a month. Okay, that's good. So we've got to a point where we're having to source them. We haven't got an endless bit of money. Yeah. Um, so we source them for clients, generally around the 50% ROI yearly, um, and we take our fee from it. We buy one to two a month ourselves and continue to build our portfolio of them as well. Okay, so you're building your generational wealth, mm-hmm. cash flow, mm-hmm. and a strong business. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we, we sort of spoke about it briefly, but I, I sold my house... 18 months ago I've, I've i've lived in my own house for you know i purchased home for f- since i was 22 um and i just saw this as an opportunity i needed to to grasp and uh yeah so all of our money went into it my entire life savings are in social housing um and a year later all of my living expenses are covered every single month guaranteed with a contract so where did the light bulb moment come from for you to say don't want to have a home anymore? Uh, it's always been in the back of my head, but I, I delayed it because you could go and put it in an HMO and you could end up with utility prices going up double. 
and then all of a sudden you're not covering your, your your costs anymore or you could have two void periods or a bad tenant who doesn't pay and then the rest don't pay there's loads of bits that when you're putting your family's home on the line you wouldn't want to risk um the minute we had that security of tenure i was like that's it done okay again self-aware yeah in some senses and again a lot of it's um business partner um being a lot more settled than i am didn't want to go running around doing 100 things let's focus on one thing let's get that right and we and we again you make they're quite difficult to get signed off these deals they're not just easy little refurbs they're quite pedantic because they're going to take control of it for 10 years so once we got over that hurdles of like refurbs going up more than we than they should have and bad previous um business partner um who just had the complete wrong ethics and like and that that kind of stuff we're really big on that you know we we've closed companies down and continued to investors that were owed money we paid them from our other business just okay, to make sure good. that no one was ever left out credibility um, obviously keeping your credibility so people will still come back and yep. well most of last good. most of last year our profits pretty much the majority of that went back into paying people from the previous um business partner who decided he wouldn't have anything to do with paying those guys okay um and that's him and and like i don't know i i think those things pay you back eventually always mm. um i've had a few people be like oh what's your i watched your um video from a year ago um so that's why i decided to invest and it's like oh i saw how you dealt with that person i spoke to this person and he said you handled something really well and it's all those things at the time you think i could probably just pie them off yeah go and start something new like so many people do but that's going to come around and back on you and you'll get what you deserve. Well, you're a long thinker, you're a long-term thinker. Mm. You can see the future. You're not in it for a quick book and in and out and then work on something it's else. It's hard. It's hard though because there's there's quick money there. You know, I, I could probably go and do, obviously I stopped doing education because it was taking me away from the business. Um, and I think there are a lot better people out there that, that, that do it better than me. Um, so, so they can crack on. Um, but if I wanted to make a load of money, I could probably do that. Um, sell out a course pretty easily, I'd say. Yeah, because um, you have the experience. Mm. You're very charismatic. You come across well. Fantastic mm. speaker. And you tell the truth, which people see. I yeah. think that's, that's why you do really well. But there are a lot of sharks out there. Loads. And, and there'll be more and more because it's proven to be a money thing. And you know, I, you see it all the time. Especially in rent to rent. It's a quick, oh, I can make loads of money from none. Yeah, um, which is also not true. You still need, <laughs> you know, some, some of our deals. Some of our deals are nearly twenty grand to get into. Yeah, um, and people don't see that. Like the the no money down thing, I think, is an ideology. People look into that too seriously. They think I can get into something with zero pounds. Well, I, I think it's kind of like um, this is gonna sound really bad and something that I don't really shout out a lot about. But sulfur for bums, people who have big dreams but sit on the sofa and don't do nothing. And if you, if you say to them, right, you need to work for five years, give it your all, and you'll be really successful. Or sign up to this course, give someone £2,000, and in 28 days you'll be financially free. They're always going to pick the 28-day yeah. financial free. And that's what these kind of course sellers prey on, them yeah. people. They don't want the intelligent people. They're not trying to build a future with people. And it's, it's such a sad thing to see because they will spend their hard-earned money, or if it's not hard-earned and they've just been given it, on the easy life and yeah. the easy dream. And that's what stresses me out about it a lot. You see people hop as well. We From see course all the time. to course to course. Oh, they're on public speaking now. They were on like, something else yeah. a month ago. They were meant to be doing like service accommodation. Now they're public speaking. What are you going to be talking about? Yeah. Some fuck all. <laughs> it's like, you have to have something to talk about if you're going to do that. I don't know. I, and I, I think I had an element of that. Um, because once we had initial success with rent to rent, which we did professionals before, 
I then needed the next thing. Um, and and the problem with property, which is also why I like it, is there's so many options within the same industry. You can go so many different ways with it. But that also delayed me, probably had two years of trying and not, trying not sourcing, developments, commercial, all that sort of stuff can really divert your attention. And I think that the thing that I would say to everybody is think outcome first. Um, so people who want to quit their job, you have to think about that outcome first. Is it two grand that gets you out of your job? Well, how do you get there quicker? If you then don't want to do rent to rent, which has got you out of there, then you reassess afterwards because your outcome's changed. Most of property will make you money, but it has to be something that you'll be consistent with and enjoy. But also it has to get to your end goal. Like if you need cash flow, don't do a development that's going to get you a big lump in two years, if you're lucky, um, because it's just not relevant. It doesn't make sense. And I think people get a little bit caught up with what they should do and that that has to be a decision for 10 years. But the lucky, the lucky thing is within property, you can change as your outcome gets hit and, and as your outcome changes. Um, you know, I've, I've got a kid now. My outcome changed massively when, I, when he was born three years ago. Um, got another one on the way. So that's probably going to change as well. Like, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. Got a month. Um, so yeah, it's, it's little things like that. It's like time all of a sudden is way more valuable. When you're younger, you can chuck, you know, it doesn't matter so much. But like I said about your, your parents, you know, some people don't see their parents for a month. It's like, what if something happens, okay. you know, because you're in the office or, or whatever. So I think it, it, all, it all has to be based on outcome. What, how do you balance then? What, what, how do you find the work-life balance? Now you've got a child on the way. Yep. You've already got one. Is your missus involved in, in the world with you or does she have a No, nah, far career? from it. No, she's a graphic designer and wants to stay well away from anything to do. Because, because I take risks, like if she knew half of the risks that I've taken over the years, um, she would have pure anxiety. Okay. So it makes sense. She does her own thing um, and, and we both work from home and stuff like that. So um, we both, we're both lucky in a sense of time. Um, but it's very easy to make a decision that then takes that time away from you. Um, you know, with, with a business, you can, you can make one decision and all of a sudden you are firefighting and you're there till whatever time in the night and you're not there to pick your son up from school and that kind of thing. So I'm really, really just aware of decisions I make now, making sure that they're not going to all of a sudden take me away. Okay. So you found your niche yep. at the moment. Can you see it changing? No, I don't, I don't think it needs to because I can't see an outcome um, that would change away from this now. Um, the consistent income. We will acquire houses, by the way. So that's part of the grand plan. Yeah, yep. they will be social housing. So you'll um, just buy them straight out to the contracts, like you said. Yeah. Ten years, hopefully, on each one. You said that they're quite pedantic about what they what they want done now. Give us a breakdown of like when you get a rent to rent from somebody. What are the key points that they look for now? So I'm presuming off the top of my head, boiler systems have to be more or less brand spanking if they're taking it for ten years central heating obviously with the the rewires and stuff are we on the right tracks here yeah 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 again with the bigger stuff i mean the stuff that's already hmos uh ex-student stock we'd be we'd be better off converting a house that wasn't an hmo price wise because that the the level the standard they've done i mean we're talking gaps above doors like that um no door closers or that they won't i mean door closers never close doors it seems in any hmo yeah um and yeah, all those things you have to change. A lot of it is clean, safe. That That's kind of the model. We're not going to be putting, I don't know, what, what are people putting on walls these days, like AstroTurf or fucking plants halfway up a wall because it sells a room better. Yeah. We don't need to worry about that stuff. It's 
clean, tidy, safe for for the individuals. Yeah. Like you've got to think these guys are asylum seekers. They are fleeing a war-torn country generally, but we don't want them to live in crap. So they have to be safe. Um, but that can cost a lot of money to do that stuff right. And people yeah. don't see that because you can bodge a lot of stuff and hide a lot of stuff. But um, it can cost a lot of money to get that stuff right. But yeah, generally speaking, it is fire rigs. But they'll come up with random stuff to test us. I mean, we had one three-story house. He then decided to sign it off, we'd need to put a gate at the back, out the back to use the bottom room because a garden has to be as long as the house is tall. Um, New one to me. Exactly. Um, and and what, how would that rule make any sense to anyone? And it, it's, it's to do with the heat of the fire. And But yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. So we had that to go and smash like, a wall out the back. Don't sound like he's being pedantic. It sounded like he's being a bit of a dick. Yeah, but he's one of these guys again. Um, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. He probably know it's him. He's like, oh, oh so, you know, I would, but going to have to do it. We don't, okay. do, you? do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's one of just giving it, a, yeah, sorry guys. And yeah, gives you like spud trying to be your mate <laughs> uh, and then gives you this big list. But, um, but yeah, you have to deal with it. Um, we're having meetings with them actually because we are the biggest provider that they have. We're having meetings with them because we're not going to work with them unless we have a set process because there's four different people that view those places and they all have a different opinion and you want to work to a list that they all fall yep. under so you know what your job is what your criteria is when you get the house get this done give it you i know it's good mm -hmm. i don't want to keep coming back having to make alterations is yeah. that what it is it is because we have a list we get that done everyone's off site and then another person comes in oh did he say that did he oh no you need to change that and it's like well now we've got to get a load of people back again i mean one of them walked in and went you know that feeling you get? I feel like it needs new carpets. Like, are you joking? You can't give us a feeling. And then we changed one carpet and now you've decided you need the lot done. Like, it's just so inefficient. Yep. So we're having conversations with, with, the, with the guys a bit higher up to sort of say, we want to work with you and we, we can be your main guys, yep. but we need to do this in a structured manner. Okay, that's good. Right, to end, I would like you to give everybody who's watching this podcast a couple of pieces of advice on getting into the property world. Now, doesn't matter what strategy they're going to use. Don't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that's it. But what would you tell someone who's young, hungry, ambitious, and watches a lot of YouTube? What piece of advice would you give them? Pick the outcome you need, first of all. Find someone who's doing that strategy that leads you to that outcome and give them everything. Work for free. Okay. Something I wish I'd have done on my first deal that I did was rather than taking a loan and wanting to keep 100% of it, I wish I would have joint ventured with someone who had experience and I'd have said, I'll, I'll find the deal, I'll run around, I just want to learn from you, I'll take 10%, you take 90. Get someone to fund it and to teach you along the way and take as little as you can and then maybe even have the conversation that, look, in a year's time, once I've got some more um, experience, that, in that will increase and I'll start to earn a bit more money. Great advice. Very similar advice to what I actually say yeah. to people. Very important to be around the people who you can learn from. And if you have to work for free, you have to work for free. It's uh, easy to get greedy, yep. I think. Especially when you have self-belief and you think you can do that. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised. Property, property will kick you off. It will, yeah. 30 minutes is up. Thank you so much for coming down. I massively appreciate it. I feel like we could have spoke for hours and hours and hours. But maybe we have another podcast in a couple of months. Let's do it. Updated one and maybe change it a little bit. And you've got your YouTube channel up and coming as in rebranding. It will be, yeah, yeah. And do you want to let everybody know what it's going to be about or are you keeping it secret till it happens? Yeah, no, I can tell people. Yeah, I'm an open book as always. Yeah, it's just uh, Jack Wicks and I am the people's entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about 
ranting and I'm going to rant about stuff and people as you can probably tell um, but generally just helping people see the the real life of somebody who is in business the ups and the downs and um, all the stuff that I feel like people are so protective of they don't want to show that because it doesn't sell courses or give them money so yeah, yeah. okay so keep an eye out for that is it up and running the channel it's yeah it's there okay but, um, so the link will be in the it. description below but thank you very much appreciate you coming down thank you for having me and guys I know you're going to enjoy this podcast, so please smash the like button. And also, any questions that you've got, it's okay for them to comment below and you'll answer them. Yeah, and then Instagram, feel yep. free to, to reach out on there. That's the, the predominant. Um, All of that will be in the in the description below. But I'm 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 actually sad to see it end because there's oh, so much cute. more stuff I wanted to talk about. But guys, thank you very much, and I'll catch you soon.